Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 20th. Sorry, I'm getting started late today, 6.10 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures up three quarters of a cent at 5.96. November soybeans down eight and a half at 13.49 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat up 24 and a half at 8.36 and three quarters. September Kansas City wheat up 23 and a half at 8.92 and three quarters. September spring wheat up 26 and a quarter at 9.56. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube and its algorithm to spread these videos out, uh, show them to more people. Uh, if you need some additional information from me, go to my website, www.stand.com. Grain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Lots of interesting charts, graphics, tons of weather info this time of year. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, I talked about inflation. Has inflation peaked? I talked about the relationship between commodities and inflation. A lot of times, commodities and a peak in commodity markets will be a precursor to a peak in inflation. I'm not sure if that's the case this time around, but I ran through a bunch of charts and a bunch of comparisons, some analog years, and I tried to answer this question. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Let's start off with the weather this morning. Uh, the radar is pretty much blank. A little bit of rain over parts of Michigan, maybe parts of Wisconsin, a little bit over Oak. Oklahoma, but generally uh, dry here this morning. The next seven days is more of the same, wetter in the central and eastern parts of the Corn Belt, and really not much for the western Corn Belt and the plains in particular. So this is kind of becoming a trend here where, you know, the, the eastern half of the Corn Belt's in good shape uh, in regard to rainfall. And that's not everywhere. I know there are bad pockets, but generally speaking, the east has been much better than the west in regard to rainfall for the majority of the growing season. And the forecast just not offering much here for the plains in particular from North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, um, down into Kansas and Oklahoma, those sort of places. When you look at the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day maps, uh, they've shifted a little bit wetter. This looks different than it did yesterday. And we started to see this shift in the extended forecast a little bit yesterday. But they're now calling for above normal precipitation for a lot of the Corn Belt in this period from July 25th out through August 2nd. And near normal levels of precipitation during that same period for other areas. So you do have a little bit of a shift in the forecast, I guess. Maybe that's why we sold off uh, yesterday to some extent. The heat is not going away, though, and uh, we've got a continuation of above normal temperatures expected really through the first couple of days of August, the way that it looks. Uh, the max temperatures for today, you're again talking uh, temperatures well north of 100 degrees in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas. This is a big time heat wave. It's going to continue. You're going to see uh, temperatures not this extreme, but certainly 90s, maybe 100 degrees in parts of the Corn Belt, kind of on and off over the next week. So I think a lot of people look at the weather and they look at they look at this hot, dry, especially for the the western part of the Corn Belt and the plains, and they think that maybe the markets 
are not trading like they normally would as it relates to weather. You know, we had what I would call probably a weather rally early this week. It was very quickly sold. We had the same thing early last week. It was very quickly sold. I just think there are still some fund managers and, and some speculative length out there that wants out of the markets. Uh, the, the commodity trade, the commodity inflation trade, where all these big funds wanted to be long commodities as a hedge against inflation, that's over, at least for the time being, it's over. That trade peaked uh, several weeks ago, and commodity markets as a whole have reverted lower. Is, is that a trend that continues? I don't know that, but that's what's happened here the last few weeks, certainly. Chinese soybean imports from Brazil fell in June while U.S. shipments increased. Uh, this article on my screen is from a week ago. But in any case, there's some concern regarding uh, Chinese soybean demand. Uh, Chinese soybean imports in total during the month of June were down 23% versus the same month last year. They've got some issues. Hog farmers in China are uh, reducing herd numbers. Crush margins have been bad since April or May, and they've been negative. So uh, processors in China are reportedly buying kind of only what they need here. They're not really increasing forward purchases. Total Chinese soybean imports during the first six months of the year are down five and a half percent versus the same period last year. That's according to Chinese customs data. USDA did reduce its estimate for U.S. soybean exports earlier this month. Uh, Brazil is going to plant record soybean acreage this fall. I know that you look at the U.S. soybean balance sheets in particular, and they look really tight, and it does not look like there's much room for error uh, in regard to the yield number especially. But there are some other things here. I mean, you've got, again, Brazil expected to, to plant record acreage at least, and then you need weather to cooperate. But this Chinese demand thing is a, uh, a wild card. They've still got these uh, COVID issues. They've got, you know, I think a lot of that probably ties back to the issues in the hog market and the crush margins and all of that. So certainly some demand issues to be aware of. Uh, some Russia news this morning. There's a Russia news every day, but Russia may be preparing to formally annex seized Ukrainian territory in the country's east and south, citing U.S. intelligence. White House National Security Spokesperson John Kirby accused Russia of laying the groundwork for such an annexation. Russia, of course, claims that it's liberating the land. Talk regarding uh, a Ukrainian export grain deal or a deal to export Ukrainian grain, rather, uh, continues this week. I think Putin was talking uh, uh, today, as a matter of fact, and I'm not sure if anything uh, came of that. In addition to all of this, with the, with the annexation possibility, the grain deal, uh, the Nord Stream 1 natural gas pipeline is due to restart tomorrow. The European Union is very much concerned that Russia will cut off deliveries and has warned its members to reduce gas uh, demand now ahead of the the winter months. So they're concerned about shortages this winter. They think that Putin could uh, cut off supplies if the West doesn't reduce these sanctions or whatever. Tim Ash, a senior uh, strategist at Blue Bay Asset Management, this was in Bloomberg, uh, he said this, and I think it's, it's maybe a decent thought. It's absolutely clear that Moscow is cutting supplies for geopolitical reasons. It wants to create a European gas crisis this winter to bring Europe to its knees to the point where it cuts support to Ukraine. So I know a lot of people, and, and, and maybe in some places, they'd lead you to believe that Putin just doesn't have a leg to stand on here. But I think he does because he, he does have uh, natural resources. He's got got natural gas. He's got commodities. Um, he's He's got relationships with some of these other countries like, you know, China and India in particular. So this is an interesting ongoing situation. Uh, how does it relate to the grain markets? I don't know. As I discussed previously, they've already taken five bucks off the wheat market. If there's a grain export deal, do we take another five bucks off? 
off? No, I, I think you've already seen the vast majority of, of the liquidation event or the selling uh, in the wheat market, uh, just personal opinion. S&P 500 had its best day in three weeks yesterday, up 2.8%, best daily performance since June 24th. I think a lot of people might argue that uh, disappointing earnings have already been discounted into the marketplace. And that just more generally speaking, a lot of the bad news has already been discounted to some extent. Now, maybe that's just a, a dead cat bounce and we go make new lows uh, next next week or later this week. I don't know. The European Central Bank may hike interest rates for the first time in more than a decade. Um, that's helped the dollar to back off just a little bit here recently, but the dollar still. Uh, very, very strong. So good performance in the stock market yesterday. The cattle market was higher yesterday, was sharply higher in uh, feeder cattle. Uh, I don't think there was much cash trade to speak of, although we do have a cattle on feed report out on Friday, which could be a big market mover come next week. U.S. dollars a little bit higher. S&P's down eight. Dow's down 70. Gold's down four bucks. Crude oil down $1.85, 98.89 in the September WTI. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.